Good evening, friends. Welcome back to the front porch. My name is Dennis Rogers, and I'm joined by Michael Daniels. How's it going, Mike? How's your uh, Thursday? Good. It's uh, we, we're getting global warming here in Indiana for our weather report for everybody's weather report today. It's hot, hot as all Hades, but uh, it's good. It's been it's been nice. It's kind of nice to have some some good warm weather occasionally. You know, left last gasp of summer. Oh, last weekend I went to mm. Chicago. That was something I did. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. we did. Uh, I took Sydney. I saw photos. Sydney up to uh, Galloping Ghost Arcade for the first time. She'd been up there. It was mm. very fun. Uh, we went to the science and. How did she like uh, uh, playing video games, standing up and paying money every time? <laughs> well, she didn't pay money every time; just one time. It's it's a oh, it's like a pass. Yeah, it's or a, something. all games are free to play. Um, so you pay. T- we've we've talked about arcades before on the show. Yeah. I, as a kid, when there were still arcades everywhere, I was too cheap to uh, to pay for arcade <laughs> games. What? Unless they gave me tickets, because that seemed like a better value proposition. Like, I could maybe win something. Oh, I hated tickets. Never mind that those games are a complete scam, scams. and uh, I would have been better off just playing normal yeah. arcade games. Yeah, no, uh, when we, um, yeah, Galloping Ghost is pay $20, and you get all-day access to all their games, like 700 games. Nice. Uh, yeah, she, it, she enjoyed it. I mean, I had asked her about that. We had some talk about, you know, how, how it is playing. They're all older games. They're not, uh, I mean, there's a few that have... There's a few in there that have what I would call modern graphics because they still get cabinets from Japan and such that are still Mm, being made. mm -hmm. Uh, And then there's also new ones that are being made. They'll have like once a week a new game that gets released every week and it's on their Monday Monday Mystery Machine. And oftentimes Mm. it's it's a new game someone made. And a lot of times they'll make it though looking like old pixel art graphics. Sure, Um, sure, sure. But they're new, just a game made just for the Kate for the Galloping Ghost. Anyway, yeah, she she had a good time. We played. Um, uh, I, I tired her out, so she was she was done. I think by ten o'clock we were like we're done with this one. Um, t- PM, she, we were there at noon. Um, mm. We she played a lot of Tetris. Believe it or not, she she found the Tetris sure. machine and, and played that. She played Disney Tetris a lot. We played all the way through uh, the X Men. There was an old X Men game, like four or five players. You can play it one time. Uh, kind of a mm. combat beat em up game. We played all the way through that. Oh, the like sort of side scrolly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What is like, that? Street Fighter. Yep. Kind well, of, uh, like not, Double Dragon Fighter? type no. thing. Double Dragon. Yeah, that's s- similar thinking. to that, but later, yeah. Played through that one, and we tried to play through Dungeons and Dragons, but one of the controllers wasn't working, so we're like, yeah, screw it. Mm. Um. So we did. We did a couple of those things where we all played together because we were with, with our buddy Troy and. Um, we all played those together through played the grid, which is one of our favorite things to play every time. Um, it, it's, it's hard for me cause they have got like every fighting game ever made and I absolutely love it, but there's not a lot of people mm. playing it. They have like tournaments and stuff all the time with those fighting games, but that's the only time people come other. Otherwise you have like oh. 10 mortal Kombat machines and no one playing them. And, and the, the computers are terribly cheaters. They just are. Mm-hmm. If one thing fighting games have not done well, it's make good AI. It's just awful AI. Yeah. Um, so you can't play any of the... I'll see the fighting games and be like, blah. Um, so anyway, yeah, we. I sat down and played pinball for a whole lot. Like I used to... When I worked at an arcade as a kid, um, I played mm-hmm. a game called Adam's Family Pinball. Um, yeah. And pinball is a weird thing because some, they're really, really far different from each other. Like one pinball game to the next. Um, hmm. You know, some were just... 
really easily grab your grab the balls down right straight through the middle. You know, they just have an open weight. Right. Some have all sorts of bumpers on the side to stop. Others have multiple levels of you know where you can play the pinball and such. And then other ones have like a goal, like missions and stuff. Okay, once you hit this thing, mm. then hit this other ramp, and oh, it gives big oh, stuff. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. and you now you've unlocked that. And if you unlock all three unlocks, then you get multi ball plus a big point thing. Like, and that's right, my favorite. Right. The, the Adams family was always my favorite because it had a good balance of ramps and like second chances mm-hmm. if it if it went down the hole. And, but it had missions. Like yep. you could, you if you were good, you could like it's easy to trigger the missions. You know. You get a mission, it'll tell you, go to this, hit this one, hit this one. Like, so then you just kind of work on your skills to complete that mission. Um, and then sure. and then the next one is, oh, it's a different one, so you get different skills, which I always thought was really fun. I wasn't always really great at it, but at least I knew what was going on, right? Like, I know what I got to try to do. Um, yeah, last time I was at an arcade was somewhere else in Chicago, um, and we played a lot of pinball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this that I don't remember any specific machines, at the ghost but. they have they used to have um they used to have no maybe one or two pinballs in the back one or two maybe three but they're they're more expensive mm-hmm. right obviously to take care of and expensive to buy mm-hmm. and and they're everything on a pinball machine is custom so it's not like you can just swap out joysticks sure. or CRTs um mm-hmm. so you know obviously it's more expensive so the ghost has a whole building that's two blocks away. Like you actually go out of the arcade, walk down two blocks to another building um, where they just have pinball. And you can get admission to just the pinball or just the arcade okay. or a combo. Okay, sure. And the pinball was only like an nice. extra $5 add-on um, to, hmm. to add on to the normal. I don't know how much it is just to go to it. but I, The place I went to, I think was like half, it was almost half and half. Like. Mm-hmm. It was it had two kind of big rooms, and I think one, or, or maybe like, I think one whole wall was pinball, and then, like, the other wall was just other random stuff. It was like over half of it was pinball. I, I will say, besides that Adams Family game that I played, and well, so I played Star Trek Next Generation. That's actually a really good pinball game too. Um, they didn't, mm-hmm. they don't have that at the Galloping Ghost, but they had it where I worked. Anyway. Um, I was never really that big of a pinball person because it takes, like I said, it takes a whole lot of studying the boards and knowing what to do and how to do them a lot of time. And they're big quarter eaters. Sure. They just eat a quarter so fast. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. you, it, for no reason. You'll put it in, you'll launch the ball, and it goes straight down to the middle, and you're like, there was nothing you could do. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, and that's just the way it is. Um, but, you know, playing it here, I got to say, playing the pinball at the, at the pinball place at the, at the Galloping Ghost, all the machines are so well taken care of. And, um, mm. you know, even if they're old, like they bought, clearly they buy them, they don't buy them brand new. They buy them off other people, um, where they've kind of right. restored them and made them look nice again. Um, even the oldest ones that don't have all the cool fancy bells and whistles, it's neat to see the old artwork on it. Right. Um, and see mm-hmm. the kind of neat things they were thinking they could do with mechanical stuff back in the seventies or eighties. Um, sure. Yeah. And they've got super modern ones with LCDs and such in them too, but. It's just re- it's really neat. Every every one being so beautiful and and gorgeous. So I, I love sitting and playing those pinball games. Um, so anyway, that was fun. We did the science and technology museum up there, which is pretty cool. Sydney is science and industry. Sydney, uh, sorry, yes, science and industry. Um, okay. It is uh, Sydney is a great museum person. Like she just go she doesn't mm. just go in there and look at these exhibits that are neat and walk on. She goes through and really enjoys 
like reading about why the static reading electricity works it, yeah. and watch like the first thing we did mm -hmm. is she goes in there in this big huge science area with all these cool experiments everywhere and she goes straight up to the um I don't know, like uh, the rainbow, the prism one. And she starts reading and watching the video about how mm. the prisms work and the science behind it. And like, mm. and she she sits there and watches the whole thing and learns. Like she learns from using ex exhibits. Yeah, yeah. I was like, that's that's That was great. funny when we, when my family, uh, just about a year ago, um, uh, my family went to Colonial Williamsburg. And there are museums nearby there at... Um, I think it's Jamestown and Yorktown. Mm -hmm. And so we had to contend with like some of the, you know, my nieces, you know, the grandkids, like some of them wanted to read every plaque, like wanted to, yeah. to see yeah. every little thing. And some of the others, you know, some of us have been there before. So we're kind of skimming over it. Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. the older ones can read a little faster. And we're like, oh, who are we? Like, you don't want to like if a kid is interested in learning about history, you don't want to rush them. Yeah, you want, right? Like you, right. you don't want to hurry them through it, but right. you're like, uh, this one over here has got a baby, so they can't, uh, can't be here all day. <laughs> yeah. Kind of yeah. I had, I had, uh, my, my experience with my two kids have been, been just this polar opposite. Like, like much of my experience with the kid, my two kids have been, is that one would, we go to the children's museum in Indianapolis, which is a really great museum. And she would want to spend the entire time upstairs in the science area just, just playing in the water. It's like a little water thing where you make dams and stuff. She could spend the entire day there and not care about any other exhibit just as long as it was like playing with the building blocks and the water. Um, and, you know, you try to get her to read about dinosaurs like, no, 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 no. Or try to get her to listen to the video. No, no, we wouldn't do anything. And then this kid is, you know, meticulously going from exhibit to exhibit and learning. I'm like, it's just so different, you know. Uh, so yeah, I, I had that same feeling about like I've been through these before, so you know I want to go through them quickly, but you don't, definitely don't want to slow down the kid to learn to learn from it. Um, so yeah, that that was fun. We went we didn't went to Navy Pier, ate some uh, pizza at Pequod's Pequod's. Um, I wanted her to, to try uh, like real authentic Chicago deep dish pizza because um, she's eaten mm -hmm. she's had several different kinds of. Um, really good New York pizza um, from all the little places. So I wanted her to go to a place and she went to Pequod's. It's a place in Northern, a little bit Northern from downtown Chicago. And um, man, they were super busy. They had like a three hour wait to go to go eat in. We ordered to go, um, but it was really good. It was really tasty. It tasted just like a really good New York deep dish would, but I, I'm still, I'm still a, or not New York, Chicago. I'm still a New York pizza fan, though. I think I like the the big flat pieces that you fold over. I think that's my my call on pizza there. Sure, sure. Uh, yeah, so that it, it was it was good. It was good a uh, good uh, fall break traveling weekend with the kiddo. Got to play some. Oh, I bought Dice Throne. Did you see that? I found some Dice Throne boxes. I did. I think I saw some photos that you. Uh, yeah. Is that a did they were they doing a theme? Did they do like a Marvel dice the, throne? Or they're something? having a, it's a Kickstarter. It was weird. Kickstarter has a coming soon on Kickstarter. I didn't even know that was a thing. Uh, so yeah, it's a coming soon on Kickstarter is the Marvel dice throne. So it'll be Marvel themed, which is like excellent for me. Um, but we bought we bought two boxes of dice throne, which is four characters, and um, it's a really fun game. We'll talk to it much about it because we talked about it for Gen Con. 
Um, but it was, it's been sold out for a long time. You can't get them. But Barnes & Noble, we just walked across the street while we were waiting on our pizza. And Barnes & Noble had a bunch of them. And we were like, heck yeah. So we, we picked some up. Barnes & Noble, man. I haven't been to a Barnes & Noble store in forever, but this one was a two-story one in Chicago and had all sorts of cool stuff. Tons of games, tons of like Gen Con toys and stuff that you would usually find at that kind of stuff and comic stuff. It's It was pretty great. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Nobody goes there for books anymore, I guess. Sure, sure. Get books on anything. Um, yeah. I've had uh, my family um my sister and brother-in-law from from tennessee Mm -hmm. well they're from here but they live they've lived in tennessee for a few years now um they were here for just over a week um we didn't get as much game playing in as i as i anticipated but we watched and rewatched a lot of uh ted lasso we'll talk about that in a little bit i think but um the one game we did play is a game I don't know if we've talked about or not. It's a it's a game we just got at um at Gen Con this past year called Super Mega Lucky Box, which is a mm-hmm. weird <laughs> kind of a long name for a game, but it's uh it's made by Game Right, um probably best known for uh Sushi Go. It might even be the same designer because I noticed some similar sort of mechanics. Uh, it's a little bit like bingo is the way that, uh, our friends sometimes describe it. Everybody gets a bunch of little, uh, square cards. This is what the game rules call the lucky box. (laughs) Um, and the cards have a grid of nine numbers, like a Sudoku puzzle, like a solved Sudoku puzzle. And, um, and most of the, uh, rows and columns like at the end, at the bottom and right of the card, have a bonus. Um, and then there is a deck of 18 cards, two sets of one to nine. Um, and this was the mechanic that I noticed this time playing it. Um, you play in four rounds, you shuffle those number cards, and you draw nine of them per round. Except you shuffle them, you split the deck into two piles of nine, you play the first stack, and then you play the second stack. So you can sort of count cards a little bit if you're if you're paying attention. Yeah. Um, you know, if you see both ones come out in round one, there aren't going to be any ones in round two. Right. Um, and there's still some flexibility. Like some of the bonuses are are um, question marks, right? They're wilds. Okay. And then they're they're the scoring is a little complicated, but your goal mostly is like to finish out those rows and columns to get the bonuses, and then to fill up cards completely. And the only caveat I tell people when I say that it's like bingo is that unlike bingo, if I flip over a one or whoever's running cards flips over a one, you only cross off one one. That's confusing because I'm using the word one. (laughs) If I flip over a two, you only cross off one two. You don't cross off all of the twos. Okay. Which is how bingo works. You're right. Um, But it's, it's good. It's game right. So it's like, you know, 17 bucks or something on Amazon. Uh, it plays six, uh, but you could easily combine two copies of the game and play 12. Oh, I thought, yeah, um, I saw there's that. no, it's, it's kind of like Yahtzee where there's no real interaction. You're just kind of racing, um, against each other and you're all playing off the same numbers. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's fun. It's a good game. The, I, I saw them playing it at the, at, uh, at the bar one, one week. The, they had, uh, 
um, mm. our, our Thursday, Thirsty Thursday days. I, I was walking by one time and, and right, saw right. all the guys like, hey, and they were all playing out there. So seemed to, to work nice. for that environment. Mm -hmm. At least they, they had liked it a lot. Uh, it's kind of, it's a lot of, seems like a lot of table space to me to play at the bar compared to a game like Lava. Yeah, they were playing it on a little table too, like on a little circle. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure you can make it work. I guess they, they had to. Um, mm. We played on Tuesday, we had Tuesday games last week. We played a new game called Concordia. Um, it's uh, Euro, it's Euro. Like I haven't, you know, it's been a while since I played a new Euro game and what I mean by mm. that is um, uh, Lords of Waterdeep is a, is a pure Euro game, right? That feels very pure Euro game to me. Um, and so does Ticket okay. to Ride, right? Or Splendor. Um, and this felt like one of those like old games, but new. Mm. You know what I mean? It, the, okay. The artwork on it was, was old. Uh, you get, it's uh, kind of like... Um, you get nine. I don't want to tell you over the whole game. You can look at it online, but there you get nine cards in your hand and then everybody has the same nine cards and you do things on the board just by playing those nine cards. And at any point you can play a card that lets you pick up all your cards again and start over uh, with choices. Uh, oh, like, like um, Century Gollum has that. Century Gollum or Condottier uh, is a little bit. That yes, way. exactly. Uh, okay. So, so it, that, that's the, the main mechanic of it, of, uh, a Euro game. So it's like, Oh, this is, this is neat. This is definitely like, here are the rules. Just like all Euro games are like, here are the rules. And then, Oh yeah. By the mm -hmm. way, there's a skin, right? It's, it's a world thing. Sure. Right? Sure. Um, which, yeah. and, and that artwork, artwork skin is nice. It felt old. It felt very, um, Oh, what's the seven. What's the seventh? It's the Roman game. Seven in it. The Roman game. Do you mean, Seven Wonders. Seven Wonders. Yes, the artwork's very Seven Wonders ish. Okay. Um, so anyway, it, yeah, it was it was pretty fun. Um, it overall it has a very tight economy. Like the the nine cards that you have, mm. you you play them once and you're like, oh, that's the only card I get for a long time that does this one thing, and you only have like you have nine mm -hmm. things you do, and you want to do all yeah, of them yeah. every round. So you really, really everything is everything you do is very like choice i could see it becoming a big analysis paralysis game for some people right sure, trying to make sure. that thing uh, on the flip side it has it's available on ios and steam so hmm. you know, I, I did go ahead and pick it up there for um my ipad and it and it works pr it right, works pretty well right. some of the things like that are neat because playing them on uh the digital version is so that you can place it sounds silly but play single player um Sure. That way you get an idea of what you're supposed to do. Like when Trotsky explained it to us, he had said, this is one of those games that when you play it, when it's over, you're going to be like, okay, now I know what I'm supposed to be doing, or at least some things I'm supposed to do. Right. But not until you've mm. played through, you know, a couple of times. Sure. Um, since the game took about an hour and a half to two hours, that's kind of a commitment to, to do it multiple times. But if you're playing it by yourself in the computer, yeah, yeah. you can figure it out. And the next time you play with real people, you have idea of what you want to do. So anyway, I went ahead and bought it, and and we'll, we'll see how much I played it. But it, I would give it a thumbs up for sure, definitely a thumbs up. Nice. And I didn't nice. win, but it was still fun. 
I, again, I, I didn't, I didn't know what I was really doing. I, I mean, I, I, I knew the rules and I knew kind of what I was going for, but I didn't know, is this going to win? Is this a winning thing to do? Right. Right. I, I'm going after what I think is this thing. If it results in winning, I don't know. Right. Which spoiler, it did mm-hmm. not. So, <laughs> but, but I did whatever I did. I did it very successfully. Just, it, it's not the way to win. Um, so yeah, sure. that, that was fun. We, we played some of that. We took a, took a break from our, uh, our campaign games we've been playing and played some of that. Oh, right. Right. Hey, uh, something we were going to talk about last week, or actually two, I'd like to talk to you about this week that ended there are season shows. Uh, I'd like to get your takes on what if the, the, the okay. new, what if shows, there's two of them, I guess. And, or a season capper and Ted Lasso, mm-hmm. which the last one came out last week. Uh, I think that's right. what, eight. Is that eight or ten that they have? Ten. Ten. Uh, so you, yeah, you want to go over those? Season one was ten, or season one was eight, and season two is ten. Let's do. It, let's do. It, let's start. Let's start uh, off with what if? Because it, it's we just talked about like the last two episodes, I guess. Okay, so th- this has been out for a couple weeks by the time you hear this, but uh, uh, we're going to talk about the entirety of season one of what if. I think there's well. There's only one season so far, but we're going to talk about the whole thing. And so if you haven't seen it, we're going to spoil it. Um, We talked about this a little bit last week. Yeah, we had seen the first episode, I think, of the final two. Yeah, the the finale of this series, quote-unquote, abandons the... uh, the anthology format mm-hmm. and uh, i mean abandon is a strong word right. like the setup of the show is that it's this one guy and he's observing all of these different stories and settings and then in the end he's going to break his rule his prime directive and um and pull them out it's actually not terribly different from uh the plot of endgame avengers endgame sure because he pulls them out and then he puts them back. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, and he goes back through, like, all of the, the big heroes of the whole show. And you're like, oh, this has not been, this has not just been a collection of random stories. This has been, like, a very mini accelerated, like, MCU <laughs> setup where we've got all these different stories. Mm-hmm. And then in the finale, we're going to bring them all together. Mm-hmm. Um sort of thing. I did like I did like with that thought that they they added one at least one character that what they didn't tell the story of. That they had they pulled Gamora out of some different alternate timeline that she was with Tony Stark and he was in like a Hulkbuster armor. And that wasn't a yeah. th- that was not an episode that they showed and it was just here Gamora you've been chosen. And I was like, "Oh, that's cool. They all these were setups like you said except like they're still kind of like, you know, there's so much more out there." Yeah, I I don't know if that was intentional. Um, our buddy Justin said something about uh, they had intended to include an episode about Gamora in season one. Oh, did one, they? Oh, I didn't know. Couldn't okay. for whatever reason. And so he thinks they swapped that with the episode, uh, uh, what if episode three, which was what if Earth lost its mightiest heroes? Oh, yeah. Where... I think most of the I forget now because it's been so long ago. But like most of the Avengers die, and so they have to get uh, uh, um, Nick Fury has to recruit different people. Like I think he recruits um, 
um, Ant-Man or a couple. There's like an evil Hank Pym uh, yeah. character in that story. Yeah, I, I don't know if that, that rings yeah. any bells. They, they, he, it he, didn't he kills me, everybody but... before they can be Avengers type stuff. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and so that's that. I don't know if that's true. I have no idea. It's weird. Um, well, the, the, but, uh, the that was yeah. I, I thought it was it was fun. I, I thought it was fun. Um, that last yeah. that last episode it was it, it helped because I thought the series was really on a, a downhill slide um, in in entertain mm. in entertainment. Uh, of course, sure. it's all very subjective. You know, for it's, for some people, it could not be very well uphill. But but for me, um, it was I was losing interest in watching, and it wasn't important for me to kind of watch that from week to week when it came out. I was like, oh yeah, I'll get around to it, which is usually a good sign yeah, of yeah, that yeah. I'm not interested. Um, so these last two kind of brought my attention back. N- not that it was like, oh man, this is so great. It was fine. It was fine. I enjoyed watching it. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I and I, you know, when I liked the doctor, the bad guy, Doctor Strange, um, not as a permanent character, but it was nice to see him back with other people ish type type thing. And you know, when, sure, when he sure. when he uh, he pulled out the big tentacle things powers, I was like, oh, that's his tentacle power. I know where that came from. You know, mm-hmm, which which mm-hmm. is kind of neat. Um, and ca- having Captain Carter in there again, uh, right? So, so yeah, it, it was fun. I thought um, I they could probably do these forever, right? You just keep doing what ifs. Um, sure, multiple seasons. It's not one because it's. I think it's still an anthology thing. You know, they they just had that capper. Um, yeah, but you can start yeah. it and do other ones. Hawkeye's next, I think, is the next uh, Disney Plus series to come out. Um, mm. So that's in November, late November. We'll get Hawkeye. Okay. Um, so it should should be pretty fun. They're gonna they announced today yeah. they'll they'll drop two episodes. The first one of that one. Uh, so we'll get two. Okay. Uh, the first, and then a weekly release like usual. Uh, in between there mm. and November, and now is the Eternals comes out in theaters. Right. Right. So we'll, we'll have some. Marvel stuff on that front. Uh, moving on though, so the other series was Ted Lasso. I know you and I were fan, been fans mm-hmm. of that one. Ha, ha, yeah. So without this specific episode, let's go a little bit more broad on your on your thoughts here. How do you feel about season two? And you can compare you um, compare to season one. Yeah. So um, I think I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast, and forgive me if I have, but whatever. This is. We just chat on the show. So if I say (laughs) stuff multiple times, uh, the listeners of the show will probably, I'm I'm sure there are things that I say all the time. People Mm -hmm. are like, oh, that's such a Dennisism or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, I loved this show when we watched season one. Uh, It took a while for word of it to get to me. I think people would mention it and I'm like, that name of the show doesn't doesn't give me anything. (laughs) I don't know what this show's about and whatever. And I watched it probably like halfway through season one or so I tried to show it to my family and I forgot because the the character of Ted is so wholesome that the rest of the characters for the most part are so foul <laughs> they really are right? um and you know just a lot of swearing a lot of you know pretty explicit uh, uh sexual talk mm-hmm. adult language um and about halfway through the pilot episode, uh, mom wanted to turn it off. You know, my youngest sister was in the room, even though, <laughs> you know, she's over she's over 20 now. But, right. you know, it's still their baby right. and all of that. And then I was like, I was like, man, I'm, I'm 
you know, I was pretty disappointed that yeah. I couldn't because I'm like, I know they will like this if they can get past just that part of it. Yeah, that and which, then which is not bad because I, it's not like they're it's, they're disgusting it's or not. gross, right? <clears throat> no. And so I I gave up on it for a while, and then a few months ago, um, my sister and brother in law in Tennessee were watching it. My sister who lives up in Michigan, who's very um, into sports, she was watching it. And my parents heard about it from some of their friends, right? <laughs> some other, I want to say, quote unquote, adults, like you and I are not adults. But, right. So, um, so, th- so they thought, they know, thought the, maybe they should give this another, another chance, even though they hate it, didn't, didn't approve? I, th- they, they had forgotten, like dad probably remembered, but mom had completely forgotten watching it. Yeah. And so they're watching it and they're like, oh yeah, we're watching this. You know, they still would like watch it when my sister wasn't home. Like, <laughs> it's 20, yeah, right. 21 years they old. even they even acknowledge they're like, uh, she's probably seen it. Just it, it feels weird to watch, which I get that. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I, I, you know, it was like we watched uh, a Jack Ryan or something yeah. and there's like a sex scene in it. We're watching it like my brother in law and my parents and my sister and my brother in law to me later. He's like uh, watching a show with sex scene in it with your parents is real awkward. <laughs> like, yeah, imagine how I feel. Um, anyway. I mean, that's not, that's not wrong. I, I, I know I, there's those shows I'll, I think I'll like, and I'll be like, Oh, I want to watch that with Sydney. Like, Oh no, I just, I don't want to watch so many scenes with Sydney, you know, or, or, or that, that, that doesn't, right. you know, right. Or, or yeah, even there's, not, there's not just, just sex scenes, but some are like adult conversations or stuff. It didn't have to be like sexy or anything. It could be like, you know, just something adult conversations and you're like <laughs> something she's not going to understand and you're going to have to try to explain to her. Yeah. Or, yeah. or, or her. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's like, it just feels awkward. Or even, or even worse. She already does understand it. And you're like, who told, who taught you? <laughs> right. Right. Um, <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. It, that's the, that's part of it too. It's not, it's not simply the, like, you know, we want to protect you from the, it's just, can I be comfortable and enjoy watching the show with you in the room? thing yeah yeah um that's fair right, but so so anyway my, my dad and i they watched it again uh, right? my dad and i watched um um season one of outlander which i know is a show you've seen oh yeah that's, that's and <laughs> the like last or second to last episode has this whole thing in it and at one point we fast forward and like if dad and i are watching a show like we watch battlestar galactica and some other things like he's not he won't watch stuff as uh you know a profane as what i will watch like he wouldn't watch game of thrones right. but you know we watched this and we're like we were fine with the whole show up until that last episode <laughs> yeah like, uh, me too okay <laughs> skip let's skip it let's skip ahead or we don't anyway all of that to say my parents are watching this show and second to the new all creatures great and small they're like this is the greatest show which <laughs> is exactly how i feel and part of what i love about it is that it despite being so like uh, edgy and with all the language and stuff is that it still kind of transcends we had this weird situation where um i had seen every episode that was out okay uh, my parents had just picked it up and they were slowly watching it when my sister wasn't around and so they were like three episodes behind and uh, my sister sarah hadn't watched it at all but was also not invested. So like if they were watching it, she would come in and sit. It could be the middle of an episode, the middle of a season. She didn't care. Yeah. Um, Andrew, I don't think was too interested in my brother. And, uh, but still enough that 
he was not going to just jump in. Like if we were watching an episode and he was behind, he's like, I'll just go downstairs because he was only kind of one foot in as far as watching a show together in the first place. And then my sister and brother-in-law were like me. They had seen everything I had seen. (laughs) So like we're talking about it and then we're like, hey, do you guys want to watch Ted Lasso? We're like, oh, well, uh, you know, Sarah's back on this episode and mom and dad are on this episode. And pretty much all of us were like, I don't mind rewatching. Put on whatever. Let's go back to whoever, whoever is at the earliest episode and we'll just watch that one because it's all like the earliest person was still like episode five or six like after the christmas episode and we're like yeah i'll watch that again right yeah i'll absolutely watch it again um because um and you know if you go back a month or so when we were three or four episodes into the season and i said you know i'm still loving everything about this show but i'm concerned that it seems like it might be becoming a sitcom which it, it's not how I said it, but that's basically what I was saying. Like, yeah. there's there's some tension and there's some serious, like, uh, I don't know, maybe you want to say darkness. Because some people said they liked the Christmas episode. They're like, before the Christmas episode, it was starting to get too dark. And I'm like, okay, may- maybe. I would have to go back and watch those first three to see whether I agree with that. But um, especially after... After the Christmas episode, and I think there's one before uh, The Signal, it felt like every conflict was getting resolved in the same episode. Mm-hmm. Um, it seemed like there was going to be tension between Ted and the therapist, and there really wasn't. And that, I, I think for me, so this is a this is an anecdote or, or a um, turns out that you may have heard. Um, the, the version of the story that I heard is that... Um, the writers of the show wrote eight episodes. All right. And then Apple TV, Apple TV came back to them and said, well, we want to make the season 10 episodes. Can you, can you get two more? Mm -hmm. And so instead of like trying to stretch or compress the story across different episode boundaries or, you know, episode runtime boundaries, they went back and added two basically filler episodes in the middle of the season sure. do you know what two those are or can you guess uh, you probably already know i i would guess one is the oh wait i know i bet you know both of them uh one is the christmas special that seems to not have any kind of tie into everything another one would i can only guess it'd be um beard beard episode yeah yeah right so um, we didn't we didn't hit the bell when we started talking about this, and those you can see those in the episode titles if you're behind on this show. But we're going to talk about uh, season two, seasons one and two of Ted Lasso. Okay, can can I say something? Yeah. I, I so want to put this on air. I those wanna, are clearly the two. I, I I've been talking for a while, so go ahead. I want to put this on on the air. Um, so so because I, I've talked to you about this and I, I've told you this this little mini story, but I, I'm going to tell our, our listeners this. Uh, so here here it goes, guys. I'm I'm, I'm behind on this the, the the series, and Dennis and I are talking about in chats about um, how, how far behind, how many episodes I need to go. And he, and he said, I said, I, th- I think I think I'm just one behind. He says, oh, I don't know. There might be another. And Dennis says, Have you watched the one with the funeral? 
And I was like, the funeral? <laughs> I, what, what, no, I've not seen one with the funeral. And he was like, okay, sure, then, then there's two. And I said, what, the, wait, I, who dies? Is it this? And, and Dennis like, I'm not telling, you know, I'm not telling you anything. And, you know, I was like, oh, <laughs> and, and I didn't want to know, but I was like, so all of a sudden I started the, to get super the, paranoid. The, episode, the, the word funeral is in the episode title, just FYI. So saying there's a funeral does not give anything away. Right. But, you know, still. And, uh, and so I, uh, right, of course. Yeah. Right. So I watched the next episode, which happened to be the beard episode. Uh, what I had just watched the episode before that was when they had lost the game, the big game and, mm-hmm. uh, everybody's really upset and depressed. And Ted says goodbye at the very end of the episode to beard. And in, yep. in a way that, that they just kind of, the camera holds on them a little bit more, uh, Ted says something upbeat to, to Beard, and Beard just kind of looks back and is like, yep. And then they does a little thing, but then walks away, and you're like, why does this feel like the last time they're going to see each other? I just felt really <laughs> odd like that. And then you said the funeral thing. I'm like, oh, no. Okay, what's what's happening next? They better not kill off Beard. And then the next episode is completely Beard-focused. And the whole episode, I am on edge like i am on edge <laughs> for everything that's happening his girlfriend and he's is he getting depressed is he gonna go he's all alone and now he's in the rain and he's locked out and i'm like oh no oh no they're gonna kill off beard and then they don't and then the next episode it's just random person that we don't even know is at the funeral and dead and i'm like son of a gun all that worrying for nothing uh so now i had to go back after that and watch the beard episode again and just enjoy it Instead of being anxiety ridden the whole time, uh, but but that t- that does say a lot about how much I like every one of these characters. I don't want anybody to die, and I know that sometimes writers can do that just for like impact. Oh, it's very impactful when that person died, you know. And I'm like, I really care about all these people. I don't want any of them to die. Sure, sure, you know, which is pretty great, right? Like all of them. I right, th- right. there isn't anyone except for this this year's villain. Um. Which, which, right, right. I'll, I'll say, you know, sorry about that. I, I had that same, I had that same sort of anxiety, but I had already seen the beard episode. And so the anxiety lasted between the time me reading the episode title and when I watched it, which might have been a little while. It might have been like five seconds where I was like, oh, what? Who, who, I've got to watch this right now. Right now. (laughs) It's right. Uh, so yeah, um, I felt I, I like I've liked season two. I mean, we did to kind of echo what you said. We did have this thing at the beginning when we were going almost episode by episode on this show talking about it, and we were like, "Don't know where it's going. Uh, it's not quite as good as the first. We would our buddy Justin would pop in with his random little comments on stuff on our chat about what he thought about them, and they were all just like, "Eh, yeah, it's not going anywhere. It's kind of meandering. It's not whatever." I'm just going to forever hold this up as like, hey, you got to watch a whole season before you can make a judgment on on a lot of things, I think. Um, because if you start like the what ifs or the WandaVision or the Falcon, whatever it might be, you really can't make a judge on something just by watching a first couple episodes. Right. Sure. Sure. I mean, that's a that's a good general rule. I'd say um, if, you know, it, it's not always true, right? That's true. That's true. Yes. It 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 would have it would have been nice if somewhere around episode two or three somebody had talked us out of finishing Raised by Wolves. Which is my, uh, <laughs> very good. My frequent uh, another my point. frequent whipping boy uh, uh, TV show where you're like, oh, there was no. Now, <laughs> I I bring that up to say like 
it's very true you know i don't want to uh uh i mean probably just because i finished it more recently i want to heap more praise on ted lasso than 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 what if but um what if still clearly had a plan from the beginning and i don't want to say more than that because we're out of spoilers for that conversation but um Ted Lasso, for sure, and somebody, I think our buddy Fox was saying, he went back to episode one, because somebody, you know, when I was telling that story about trying to show it to my parents, they're like, oh, the first episode is is not very good. It's a little bit rough. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I've loved about just re-watching random episodes with my family, though not back too far, just back a little bit, mm-hmm. is I'm like, oh, they set this up. This was a This was a thing, like... Okay, so we're, th- we're through season two, and we're in spoilers. So mm-hmm. if you're still here, go ahead, because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something here. Uh, <laughs> our buddy Justin kept saying he thought that the mysterious texting on banter mm-hmm. uh, with Rebecca was Ted. Yeah, they, and I'm they, like, they kept meaning they're not gonna, it. Yeah. They're not going to ship Rebecca and Ted. That's too, <laughs> too that's obvious. That's too much. And then, and then I'm re-watching it, and one of the earlier scenes when they show her phone, and she's messaging on banter the scene transition cuts to ted on his phone as he's, he's walking texting, down the hallway he's smiling yeah. mm-hmm. he's walking down the hallway but you don't see his phone and i'm like oh that's they that's that's a misdirect yeah they, like, i i they totally that saw there that i totally saw that to make people think that i wasn't really thinking about it at all because i was watching the show and i'm like you know probably doing the thing where i was not giving it my full attention and like glancing away and i'm like oh she's texting somebody i wonder who that could be and i'm sure we'll find out oh i um, i saw the, i saw it maybe because, i saw it because I, I i was secretly shipping rebecca and, and ted but <laughs> i i but think i know i, did I know the opposite i'm like yeah. it's like in it's like in season one when they're hinting at like the maybe there's going to be stuff between ted and keely and i'm like ted is almost the character is so pure that he's almost asexual like he's clearly not yeah. and yeah. they do uh, some stuff with him and and sassy right yeah. rebecca's friend yeah yeah um but between him and any of the main characters i'm like no no yeah yeah i um, I, I agree i i, I, would, I want him, ted to end up romantically happy right not just happy because i think he's, right. he's hopefully will end up being a great whole person because he is whole and good but I, right. I want him to be also also romantically happy and you know i'd like a lot of the other characters but you're right i i don't I like how this show is really about positive relationships, right? I mean, mm-hmm. even through difficult things like that, you know, with right. the whole thing with Keely and, and, and Roy, this whole season has been about difficult situations and still working that relationship. Struggles and challenges and, and working through those. And yeah. yeah, in a way that, you know, we had this conversation several times throughout watching season two where like, you know, our buddy Justin is kind of, uh, you know, he's a little more cynical. Like he appreciates things to be very like real in a in a dark, realistic way yeah. that sort of gives him comfort. Mm-hmm. Right. It's just how people react to different, uh, you know, kinds of entertainment. A lot of people like hor- watching horror movies. I think there's something in them that can appreciate the like the scare of this outrageous, ridiculous situation and that helps them like uh like escape or cope with real life as like okay whatever i am afraid of in this conversation with my boss it's not a guy coming after me with a chainsaw yeah right i don't i'm sure that most people don't rationalize it that literally but 
Um, that's that's part of it. And then we have you know our buddy Trotsky who wants things to be pretty positive and upbeat, but he also doesn't want to watch a sitcom where it's fake, right? right where there right. are three cameras and everything's played for laughs and you got a studio audience and all that stuff. Like that's that's entertaining, but it's clearly not real. Right. Right. Where um I think I think Ted Lasso is one of those shows like The Office, like Parks and Rec, that tries to be real. Yeah. Right. So even though even though the Ted character is almost this, you know, caricature of positivity, once they get to season two and they start to peel back the onion a little bit, you're like, oh, this is it's not that he's insincere, but his his positive persona is is a mask that he wears. Like, you know, most people have a have a kind of you know, persona that they put on around it, right? It's that's right. Or, called or, or, being a person yeah. in, in society and, and uh, you know, not calling somebody a jerk to their face when they annoy you. Right. Right? I, I, I don't um, know if, and, and this could be just term, inter, interpretation. I, I don't know if I took, I thought of it as, because this goes back to Ted's therapy session, uh, that he, if mm-hmm. he was necessary, if he's necessarily wearing a different persona for other people, I think it's more of a, um, the reason he is the way he is, is because something makes him think of that every day. Like it's, it's a, you know, would Ted be this bundling ball of positivity? Cause I think he's honest. Like you said, you, you even said like, it's not, he's insincere. Cause I think Ted is sincere right. in all of his positivity and happiness. Ab- and absolutely a hundred percent. Right. But yeah. cause I think that's actually who he is, but he's, it's who he is because, um, you know, he felt in the past that he failed at doing that, at being that person. So mm-hmm. he had to be that person all the time that, you know, like he wasn't positive, upbeat and supportive. And because of that, he, he lost his, you know, he, when he lost his father, he never had that chance to do that again. And so he kind of have this, has this panic, overwhelming fear. He always has to be that way and people aren't going to know how he feels. And just like you said, takes this caricature person who you just think is just this make-believe TV show attitude. And you're like, oh, that could be real. Mm-hmm. And that that could be, yeah, I could see people doing that and how that would act that way. Um, yeah. And, and a lot of times, what I, what's really interesting about this show when it does that with the mental health type thing with this is that it doesn't say, it doesn't take the easy target of, let's say, Roy or somebody or Jamie and have and working through their issues where they've got clearly open issues and you could say that they're acting out in in ways that aren't good or healthy and then helping talking about mental health with that. This show took the most positive wholesome person who has no problems hardly and that you think mm-hmm. and then real and then showing that doesn't mean that people don't have issues or problems or hurts and difficult need mental health, right? And I was like, that's, I mean, some of the, I mean, one of the, one of the most powerful moments, I mean, this show is full of powerful moments, but one of the most powerful moments is when, um, Jamie Tart punches his father in the face. Yeah. Right. Right. And you're like, part of his issues are the relationship he has with his dad, which is, you know, so common. We talked about that, uh, when we watched, um, uh, Evangelion, Mm -hmm. the anime, and I know you didn't see the whole thing, but like at the core of that story is several people, adults and children who 
have been messed up by their parents. That's what Ted says when he's, you know, kind of ranting at the therapist. Um, you know, probably just blame it on my folks. Yeah. Uh, or, or in a more positive way when he, when they, when, um, you first see Rebecca's mom, Deborah. I, I don't know if she shows up in season one, but um, he's like, "Oh, I like meeting people's moms." It's like mm-hmm. a Cliff Notes as to why they're why they're nuts. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so good. So many, so um, many good one-liners out of that show. Good lines and and getting to the end. And I'm going to watch the finale again because a lot. I'm going to watch the whole the seasons again. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to watch. It yeah, again. for sure. But we went back uh, because this is where we were in the in the process and watched uh, the funeral episode mm-hmm. again um, after that we watched the beard episode again. And then we watched the funeral episode again. And that was the point where everybody, but um, my sister or brother-in-law and I had not seen the same thing with the beard episode. So it was like watching it again and getting to see him do the Oxford thing and the, the Irish accent and <laughs> go to the club and like, he's there and the music's going. And I'm like, man, when I watch this, I remember thinking it was kind of weird, but like, he goes in there, he stands in the music, and then he starts dancing, just like sort of flailing his arms around right. uh, kind of stuff. And we're all like smiling and laughing like it's so uh, it's so joyful. Yeah, right. But uh, we watched. But he's, he's going to die funeral. and he's going to kill himself at the end of that episode. That's all I can. <laughs> Even the joyful, happy times, I couldn't enjoy it. Right. So my uh, well, just let me I'll, let me I'll finish that one point. <laughs> then I want to I want to circle back a little bit. So. The funeral episode, only this show could take the the Rick Astley hit, <laughs> Never Gonna Give You Up, the Rick Roll song, yeah. and turn it into a, an emotionally moving tearjerker moment. Yeah, right. Right? I think the first time I watched it, I was like, I was like, oh, this is kind of, it's weird, it's kind of funny, but super awkward, and you're like, and then I'm watching it again, and... You see, you see all the faces. Like nobody knows what Ted has gone through that day. Oh right! But we yeah. all do, right. right? Like we just got his whole story paralleled with Rebecca's whole story in right. this and this confession moment with her mom. And so beautifully like, cut, by the way. She, that that whole scene. She 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 breaks down. She's crying. Ted's there, and Ted does what he does. Mm-hmm. Right? He he helps. He helps out. He starts singing, and then everybody's singing, and you see. Everybody looking at different. You see Roy and Keeley. Um, you see Rebecca's mom. You see all these looks back and forth. And I'm like watching it, tears in my eyes. And I'm like, what? I'm crying at freaking Rick Astley, uh, <laughs> right? You know, song in this in this moment. But then, uh, so that I wanted to, I, w- I just wanted to comment on that. And then at the end of that episode, when uh, Rupert, Rebecca's ex husband says he's giving up his shares in the club, the football club, you see him go talk to Nate, Mm -hmm. which is something I didn't notice the first time I watched it. But Mm -hmm. I'm watching with all my family and mom or dad or somebody was like, wait, wait, what was that? What, (laughs) what was that all about? What's going? And I'm like, I've already seen the finale. So I'm like, I know what that's about. (laughs) But uh, yeah, they're just like these little, these little breadcrumbs and things where, you know, my, sort of awkward feeling partway through the series was I was like, I don't think I know where this is going. And probably because of the Christmas episode, because it's like suddenly there's Christmas in the middle of nowhere and this is great and it makes me happy, but it had nothing to do with what's going on because it 
really was a filler episode, yeah. just like the beard episode, but, right? But like they're just they wake nice. up. They were just nice. All right. <clears throat> the, the, two, two, right. two things and, about and that's go ahead. Go ahead. I'll say there's two things. One one about the funeral thing. And you said the Rick Ashley part. Some people didn't catch this. You probably did, but did you did you find did you realize why she sings that song at the funeral? I didn't at first. Um because it, it doesn't say it right off the bat. When she starts singing, I, she it, it doesn't tell you. I don't I don't know. Is it is it for her mom? No, it's 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 a weird order that they do this in. Um so I think it's during the credits or an outro type tag scene. They show after the funeral, Rebecca is sitting on the bed with her mom, like in their, in her, in their old mm-hmm. house. Mm-hmm. And they find yeah. an old VCR tape. And her mom says, didn't you tape over this? And she says, I think I did. Right. And then she watches the tape and it's of their family when she's little. And then it gets yeah, taped she's, over she's by the Rick Ashley little, thing. In the so, little bowl, and it's, and it's the Rick Roll. Yeah, video. so yeah. the reason she sings that song is that she had watched that tape of her family over and over again, and that's the love she had for her family, and it always got interrupted with the Rick Ashley song. So she equates oh. the Rick Ashley song, Never Gonna Give You Up, to that beautiful family thing she had with her dad. Uh, so, that makes sense. Yeah, that but they sense. don't tell you that till the very end. It's over. And you're like, oh, okay. Because you don't need to. It's nice. It was just nice that, Mm-mm. you know, Ted and yeah. the team and everybody comes together. Uh, the other thing I wanted to say right. was that big picture wise here, uh, I, I, I have heard, and maybe it was from you, uh, is that there are only so many seasons they want to make of this show. Like there's not, this isn't one that they want to go yes. on forever, um, which is. In one side, heartbreaking, thing. you know, to think there's going to be an end. And two, sure, very, sure. very uh, emboldening. It makes me feel really good, like that there's a plan or mm-hmm. there's a thing, an arc or a whole story type for, the, for this whole thing. And they're going to tell it and that's going to be it. Right. And that's that makes me feel good. Um, and uh, the other thing was that when we talk about arcs and if we look at this whole series or season or all the whole thing as having a goal or a a plan or a thing for people. And we accept that it's so neat to see those characters, right. And to look at everyone along the way, like you can even see Danny, the football's life guy come from football's life to, you know, where he's Mm -hmm, understanding people mm -hmm. and Sam for sure. Like when Sam stays with the team at the end, he says, he tells the guy, I don't think I've learned all I need to from Richmond. Right. And he's a very young Mm -hmm. guy. He's like 21, right? Right. And he's a young guy on this team who's a good heart and soul person, but he's got to go through a lot, right? He's As a young man does. He goes through the stuff with the the sponsors and the challenges he has there. He goes through a thing where he's being tempted away by a guy for fame and fortune and, but he's Mm -hmm. learning here. He's learning from Ted and learning from his, his teammates and how to be a better person and how to you know, care about people. And I, that's just Sam. Like every character seems to have a thing, a trajectory that they're just going to like piece us on every couple episodes. Right. Um, and then of course, yeah, obviously that's the other, that's one of the other things that makes this show so different from a sitcom is that none of the characters are the same from week to week. I mean, it, not in a, not in a wild, crazy, unpredictable way, but the characters change and grow like Rebecca starts out seeming like the villain. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, 
that changes fairly quickly, but then she still changes and grows and goes through this like dating uh, experience and, um, and that stuff affects her in real ways. Like it does to real people. And it's not um, like nobody is, is locked into the, the trope or the character that they start out as. Yeah. I, th- I think that uh, if there's anything that's less believable about this show it, is that, I think that's, that's the only fact there is that every person on the show uh, is open to change. Like in real life, people are very adverse to change and it takes them a while to, to, yeah. to come to a conclusion. It takes them a while to understand and to not be jealous and to say, I love you or to say things, right? It takes them a while, but mm-hmm. because this is a 30 minute episode show that happens with only 10 episodes, they don't want to mess with that, right? They don't want to mess with it. They, yeah, the, they just let that go the, quickly. They don't want to drag that out and they'll do, they'll do time skips. Like it's, it's not, it's not really rigid on how much, how much time passes between yeah, um, things happening. Like, Clearly, a lot of time has to pass in Nate's story for him to get to the point where he is in the in the finale where he feels betrayed. Yeah, right. You're right, Ted. Like that's not a thing. That's not a thing that happens in a month, right? Where somebody meets you and is super supportive, encouraging, and then is is you know, uh, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like inattentive to the point where you feel like abandoned and left behind like in a friendship like in a romantic relationship that's different but that's not what we're talking about here right. with, with ted and, and nathan um but yeah i i agree that's the that is the one part of the, the the show where i have to kind of actively check my cynicism and go you know it it is possible like i i also believe that for the most part people are resistant to change and are resistant to being confronted or corrected or anything like that and digging their heels. And, and this show is like, it's almost like the real world, but kind of the, the best possible version of the real world. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the real world. You wish it could be a like, sitcom right? that you wish that people exactly, could learn exactly. from that. I wish that I could, could someone could come and tell me about what I'm struggling with. And then I can learn from that and then become better. Like, next day right Right. you wish that that could happen or you wish that someone would hate you and that you could just go up and talk to them and tell them why have a conversation and then the next day you're best friends you wish that could happen right and and Mm -hmm. and and you're right or we're all right here is that that's that doesn't happen in real life but it can it just happens in a less compressed time like these positive messages are positive for reason and and while it may take a long time for you get over jealousy of some guy saying that he loves your girlfriend uh, it's mm. possible, right? Maybe not in the, in the like day or two that it takes Roy, um, but if you have the feelings and the message that they're trying to tell you about this, you can you know meet that happy ending and get that change. Yeah, so. I think the I think the lesson in in the in that Roy example that you used is that that change has been happening. Yeah, it just hasn't been tested until he gets that news. Yeah. Um. And then it um, is so like you see the thing the the one that I think is is a little rushed is the um, the one where she's um, what's the word she feels 
um, crowded, claustrophobic. Oh, by smothered. by Roy. Uh, yes, she feels smothered by smothered, him because he's always it, yeah. around her, right. and and he gets upset. And then the thing Jamie says to him on the field, like the next day, solves that. Yeah, right. solves that conflict. Right. And I'm like, okay, I mean that's possible, but and right. but I think that is one of the things in the in the um, arc of change that Roy's character has been going through the whole season, right? From like now he's he can't play anymore and so he tries the announcer thing and that doesn't work and Ted manipulates him into becoming a coach and then he's learning how to coach and he deals with with Jamie and his conflict with Jamie and he has all these little things to where he gets to the end of the season and he finds out about Jamie and he has this mature adult response to it and is kind of pissed off he's like what what happened to me that this is that this is the person that I am. Like, he's not really mad. He's just so shocked. Right. Um, and, yeah. I, I, so, I'm on the record as, as saying that Roy's my favorite character. I mean, I, I, you have to take Ted off the table because he's just amazing. But, but, yeah, Fox, our, our buddy Fox, uh, reminded or told me, and then I went and, and looked it up. This, this show in season one won seven Emmys and yeah. was nominated for like 28 or something. <laughs> Right. Um, several. It was like best new series, uh, sound design, a couple of things, but all three of, um, I'm not. I, I can't remember the actor who plays Roy, but uh, Jason Sudeikis, Hannah Waddington, and the actor who plays Roy. So Ted, Rebecca, and Roy all won Emmys for actor or supporting actor actress respectively, and. Uh, and Fox was like, so Roy Kent won an Emmy in season one, and I don't see how he doesn't win again for season two, because everything he's done in season two is even better than what even he did better. in season one. Yeah, it is. Um, just, it's like, yeah. as as not just like the lines and the character, but as acting, right? Like, all of it has right. come really, really far. I also think that Keeley... I, it's sad to say that she didn't get nominated either because I think I think that maybe it's just she was season she two. was nominated. She's, she's she really was nominated. Good. She just didn't win. Well, th- that's good. I'm glad yeah. she's nominated because I I think that like, she's done um, great work too. Almost the whole uh, leading cast were nominated. I think um, uh, Higgins probably. I think oh, Beard I Higgins, too. Yeah. Like like almost almost all of them were nominated, but you know only a couple. Yeah. The, the uh, um. I I said I I like the Roy I like Roy a lot. He he's my favorite, and I, and I really really enjoy the relationship that they're doing with him and Keeley. I, I love the testing of it. I I love that they mm-hmm. that they put people in in one episode. They'll put the viewer in a a scary situation with relationships because remember show about relationships and every time they'll kind of test it but they'll end with a resolution and it's so far it's been positive mm-hmm. resolutions right like um right you know roy and keely oh my gosh nate kissed him or nate kissed her or she you know she said this thing there how long is that going to be and then they they do it they have a conflict it makes you scared and worried as a viewer for a little bit and then it gets resolved right um they'll argue mm-hmm. about the the funeral and then he'll come back and apologize her in the best way possible, right? And you're like, this is this is a lot of these things with these relationships solving things that they, they the writers give you seem to be like, okay, here's the perfect thing that should be said in this situation, right? Like if yeah. if you are a guy that's that's hurt 
and you just don't know what to say to your girl like most guys do and you know you said did something to anger her and you know what it is but you don't know what to say this is an example of what could be said perfectly right mm -hmm. and, and they do that not just with roy but with everybody you know how how it should be done so anyway i like the roy keely thing um a, a whole lot nate is interesting uh before we leave this subject, which I think we're pretty much done with it, I, I wanted to say they re the writers have such, and maybe it's the director and actors, have such a grasp on emotions, like in people's headspaces. Mm. I really do, because it's it's summed up in the, the last episode when Roy has finally joined the Diamond Dogs, right? Which, by the way, was classic. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, like yeah. when, when he says, you mean that we all talk about stuff and then we don't solve anything. He's like, yeah, most times like cool. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> he's like, that's awesome. Um, anyway, when he's, he comes to them and he tells them that he's having this real big problem with Jamie saying that he loves Keely and how he feels about it and how angry mm -hmm. he, he talks, he's, you know, he talks about that. And then Nate says that he kissed him. He's like, oh, it's fine. No big deal. That two different things right there. The writers wrote in a certain way and Roy acted like he just tossed it off. Like that Nate's no big deal. And the way he just kind of glanced at him when he talked and didn't really look Nate in the eye and didn't just kind of like no big deal, man, and moved on and moved on with the subject. And then Nate's mm -hmm. visible disgust that he wasn't like as threatening as Jamie would be to the thing, sure, you know, sure. yeah. and, and how, and he just kind of just got angry in his face and he said the line again, like, what do you mean this isn't a big deal? Like that little bit, the writers wrote in, and it was a total of five seconds, maybe. And you're like, this is huge. This is a big emotional thing that these actors just kind of went through. And it went really quick, right? But mm -hmm. obviously, this means huge things for Nate. And then he goes on later and goes off on uh, Ted. And, and even Ted has that, like... If I ever failed you, Nate, like don't even try it. Like, man. Whew. So anyway, next season will be so cool. <laughs> yeah. I want to, I want to ask two things and I know we've spent too long on the show, but um, it's worth it. It's a good show. Uh, my sister uh, from Tennessee, she asked me after the beard episode, how much of it I think is real. And I want to get your take on that. Oh, uh, of th that's a good question. Cause I, you, you like to think Beard is this otherworldly person, right? <laughs> There's, mm -hmm. um, I kind of want to say all of it. And the reason I say all of it is because I think that's one of the things that's kind of Beard's central tenets is that this guy knows stuff. He has what, wisdom beyond what he should, right? And it's probably because he just sure. randomly runs into these kind of things, right? He'll have a night where he goes out and just keeps going. And then it's... Right. I, I have a feeling that most of that is that happened. You know, yeah. So um, I know that. I mean, she asked me right after we watch it, so it was fresh. There's at least one thing that is not real. Is that the and Jamie that's part? That he keeps interacting with the uh, with the newscaster, the sportscasters. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, sure. Right, right. To but the that's, point that's where they're physically there yeah. at the club, right? Like that's in his mind. Yeah. But you can't like. You could make the argument that he goes home, he drinks that beer, he passes out, and just dreams up everything. Right? Sure. Because he wakes sure. up and he goes to work the next day or whatever. Except oh, that, that I, I like that thought. I like that that theory. Except that at the very end of the episode, he puts his feet up on the desk and he's wearing those hippie pants. Oh right. So he's gotta be having having that 
Ah, uh, see? Right? That yeah, so it had me for a second, but I was like, I was like, I think everything's real except the sportscasters. <laughs> that 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 makes the most sense to me. So, well, I don't know. I was going to speculate about season three. It's hardly not much but... you can really. I mean, I can't speculate about yeah. season two. There's no way I would know things about what happened in season two. It's it's almost just like I mean, because the show's not about a thing, right? I mean, I would say. No. Season two is about mental health. That's that's the that's the most broad, like that's a broad stroke, but that's what I would say. Like, do you think do you think that Ted is going to get back together with his wife, his ex wife? N- no, I don't think so. I think well, I, I mean, I mean, it, he had that moment. I will say, if if they're piecing things together, remember when he kind of like texted her to see what she's doing, and he's like, "Oh no, not none of my business." Mm, right. So yeah, he yeah. still has feelings for her, but that may be just them trying to show the audience that like, you know, people who go through these things occasionally have feelings for people that they did before. Um, sure. But I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think he'll end up with his, I would like it. It'd be nice. You know, um, right. I want, I told you, I want a happy romantic happiness mm. for, for <laughs> Ted. Um, I actually, I'd love to see him and um, the girl that he goes out with occasionally. Um, the friend. Sassy. Sassy. I'd like for, I'd love for them to end up together, but I don't know if they have a lot of on-screen chemistry. Yeah, I don't know. Like I said, you know, the Ted character is so wholesome that he almost yeah. seems asexual. Right. Asexual, and and I think he needs to have a whatever. a real heart to heart with somebody. And I, and I think that it could have been that with the doctor, but they were very 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 overt about their professional relationship through every scene in yeah, every episode, yeah. right? They, they did not 100%. want you to ship that at all. They they wanted to be clear that yeah. is a professional relationship. Uh, but Definitely, but but you could yeah. see how they formed they formed a real true bond, right? Right. And I think that right. Ted could find could form a romantic bond, a real personal bond like that with somebody, maybe next season. Hopefully. I think, I think that's a major theme of this whole show, is this sort of not necessarily enemies becoming friends, but people finding common ground and forming relationships and bonds over you know the things that we humans form relationships and bonds over right like shared interests and similarities of like character right Right. like like there have to be very this is a thing that annoyed me when i first saw it like there have to be very few shared interests or experiences between Rebecca and Sam, right? Right. Like she's twice his age. Right. And all of that. But there's, you know, there's clearly a connection of like personalities and, and spirits such that they can, you know, have dinner together and laugh and kind of, you know, so they have a romantic relationship, but it's not purely physical. Like it's clearly emotional first. Um, because of the, you know, they start out, they start out texting and you can, you can break that down with so many of the relationships throughout the show, like clearly Ted and Beard, right? Like that's set up from the very beginning and they're very different people, but they have this bond. There's, um, you know, the stuff with Nate, which is kind of its own thing, but like Roy and Keely, Roy and Jamie, Roy and his niece, um rebecca and keely is a big one um right, and then yeah, ted and rebecca right. like all of those they're not they're not all friendships they're not all romantic um 
Ted and the therapist, same way. Um, but they still like find you know people start out and they're like you know whatever they're they're antagonistic or whatever they're they're separated and then they find something or some some similarities that they can they can bond over to form a relationship of some kind right i I think there are there are two scenes in the whole season two that could really put jason sudeikis in the running for that best actor there opposed Mm. to roy who who is again awesome but there's two one of them is obviously when he's having his panic attacks and when he breaks down talking about his dad like there's so much powerful acting going on there that's not Mm. just Mm -hmm. written on the paper which is good writing too but just powerful strong acting and and he does that not just when he's he's kind of you know talking about his dad but when he's angry about going to, to therapy, right? Uh, the, those mm-hmm. those way he was acting, you know, was so real and good and honest and realistic. Was that's was well done acting. And then the second one was uh, in the last episode when he reads the note to her that she writes to him. It's like a thirty seconds of nothing but him just face acting. You know what I'm talking about? Like he has her note that she the the goodbye note. Do you remember that? Okay. And and he's mad because she's just the therapist is just leaving. And Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, and she's like just read the note, Ted. And he's like, "Fine, I'll read the note." And he reads it, and it's just 30 seconds of silence with a camera looking at his face. And he goes mm-hmm. from like angry to understanding to heartfelt to almost crying to, you know, looking at her then looking back at the note and understanding again and then at peace like within 30 seconds there's just so many cool emotions that you have no mm-hmm. idea what was written and then he's like that's all you had to say right. you know like oh there there was no writing in that whole scene and he we as viewers just know what was said in that that letter but not exactly right you know like and that's all we needed to say it's kind of like how do you ha- how do you stick the landing of an ending of somebody leaving the show well, you don't say anything. You just let the actor do it. And that, that's pretty great. Right. He, he deserves recognition for that, at least. So, w- well done, Jason. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, anyway, yeah, thumbs up, obviously. I think both of us, right, for sure. Final judgment's there. It's it. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, it keeps getting yeah. better. Out, keep watching out, it. Outside of spoilers, I say this every time we talk about it, but even if even if you watch the pilot and, you know, the language of it, is kind of is kind of jarring or or off-putting to you if you can push through that it is definitely worth the 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 effort yeah and obviously if that doesn't bother you just just watch it it's so it's so good yeah and and the the the, the putting off parts that dennis is meaning here is talking about is is really just actually honestly like real world adult stuff and and i know people who are who are I'm going to use the word, it's going to sound derogatory, prudish or more, I'm going to say conservative, right? Conservative with their, with their uh, language or uh, things that they, their day and day interactions, things. They still know that most people in the world, most adults in the world can have raunchy moments or can have raunchy Mm -hmm. conversations or let, let, let curse words fly in normal. Like you go to the restaurant and hear stuff, right? Uh, So it's no more than really like that stuff. It's definitely not something for kids to watch. But it's because it's just an adult thing, right? Yeah. 
so I, I, I like it. Definitely good. Cool. Ted Lasso. Now I'm going to, I'm going to miss you for everything. You know that season two though, didn't feel like it came too much later than season one. How long ago was that between it? I know they had COVID times. But I, it, I think, I think part of that is because it took all the rest of us so long to discover the show. Oh yeah. By the time we did like That's season fair. two was almost out. That's fair. That's fair. We, we watched it not right off the Unfortunately. bat. Unfortunately. Yeah. 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 I need, you know, I, I talk about that, you know, you can't, uh, you can't judge a show by one or two episodes. I think I may try to give Foundation a, a continuing chance because of that very, mm. very thing. I, and I, I'm, I'm going to do it alone. I'm not going to ask you to watch it because it, it could be a Raised by Wolves scenario where it's just awful. I haven't, I haven't had any time to keep up with shows. Okay, speaking of shows, we only got too much time over on Ted Lasso here. Uh, you want to talk about a little bit here our, our way back uh, movie of the week? Sure. All right, we are talking about the 1991 Robin Hood movie, Prince of Thieves, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, starring Kevin Costner, uh, Morgan Freeman, uh, Mary Elizabeth Mastrantonio, needs like like six to eight fewer syllables in her name <laughs> i was wondering if her agent uh, ever told her that too it's like you yeah cut like that down? can you can you uh also christian slater yeah. alan rickman um the guy uh michael mcshane who was um the hypnotherapist in uh in office space or would go on because that movie's after this uh, it's friar tuck <laughs> Oh, Friar Tuck, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He he was he was goodness. Uh, th- so this show I have watched. Occasionally. Oh, the father, the father was Brian Blessed. I I knew that he seemed familiar. Uh, when I was watching that, he was in I Claudius, which I know you haven't seen, but oh, yeah. um, uh, Boss Nass from Phantom Menace. Oh, oh, really? That's funny. He's um, the the dad. He's in like one scene. Right or uh, maybe like two scenes, and he draws a sword and comes out, and the sheriff and the guys are all there in what look like clan robes. <laughs> right, right. Anyway, yeah. that's oh that's that that, da- that guy, the the dad. Okay, the father. As you yeah. said, I thought I thought you meant yeah, like Robin's Robin's right. father. I thought I thought you meant like the fa- the bad father priest guy. That oh no no sorry yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I, yeah, I watch the show off and on through the, through the years, but really not a mm-hmm. lot, you know, in the last 10 years or so, but I, I watched it in 91. I was a freshman in high school, ninth grade sure. dates me there. Um, and so I was, this was one of those, uh, well, two things I got to say. One is that it, it hit me right at the right time at, in ninth grade. You're still like sappy. Everything is love and wonderful type stuff. So it was a great love yeah, story yeah. for me to watch at that time, and the, the whole Brian Adams soundtrack and such, and uh, very stirring. Uh, the two was that this time in movie making, there just wasn't a lot of these classic stories done well. Uh, what you get if King Arthur movies before Excalibur, you get really corny, you know, fantasy movies. Um, mm. and, and we, you definitely didn't have a good Robin Hood show at all. You had Robin Hood men in tights or Errol Flynn and they were in, you know, with a feather in his cap and it was really corny scenes. Um, there was just, there was never what I'm going to use. I'm using air quotes here. Realistic, uh, 
you know, fairy tale ish shows like that. Not not very many. Sure. At, at least sure. that were like rated PG or PG thirteen that you can now, watch in an adventure. Now now I've got now I've got to say because some of our friends are yelling at their at their podcast device now that uh, uh, Men in Tights came after this. It's a kind of oh yeah. So, no, I meant I meant like uh, the Men in Tights esque type shows. Like Men in oh, Tights sure, makes sure. fun like, of those goofy more over of those, the top right? uh, kind of uh, yeah. I mean, even even Errol Flynn show Robin Hoods weren't weren't making fun of anything, but it was it was still, you know, they're not realistic in any way. Actually, they're they're wearing brand new clean tights, and the sets look like they're you know, clearly made on a Hollywood backlot. Um, but so yeah, this this one had this one was that kind of realistic esque type thing. There's a reason why he robs from the rich and and gives to the poor, and there's a reason why he's called Robin Hood, and there's you know, all, all these things were like, oh, okay, this is more than just like, just because, you know, because it's the story. So mm-hmm. that was the first one. Now you've seen like 700 Robin Hoods after then. They're realistic with Kurt Russell and other different interpretations of it right, since right, then. And right. 700 different um, uh, King Arthur movies have come out in, in mm-hmm. the in the intervening years. But back then, there wasn't, there was not hardly any. And this is the first one that I can remember being like that. Uh, so it it had it had a lot of things going for it that when it came out, as opposed to if you look sure. at it now, you're like, well, it's definitely not as good as this other one, or etc. And they don't have good English accents, and all that stuff was really right. overlooked because this is the only thing we had, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like it's kind of like My... some, someday they'll make a good D and D movie, and we'll be like, yeah, but we liked that other one just because it was the only one. It was terrible. We never liked it. Right, right. Yeah. My my, I, I definitely saw this in high school. Um, mm. I was a freshman in '94, so it was old by the time I saw it. Yeah. Um, not old, but like you know, a few years old. Yep. I remember this Brian Adams song being on the radio all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I had the unfortunate experience of uh, my sister Sarah wanted to watch this with me, and so we watched the first like 40 minutes. I had forgotten that it's like two and a half hours long almost (laughs) and so we had to turn it off when uh uh, the family got here and so i had the other two popular brian adams songs stuck in my head on and off all week (laughs) i'm talking about a love ballad called please forgive me Mm -hmm. brian adams and the theme song from three musketeers uh by brian adams uh, sting and uh, uh rod stewart i think Oh, right. Yeah. And yeah, this like super group thing going on with that movie. That was all like the the radio that I listened to in high school. It played all this kind of stuff. Right. A lot of Billy Joel. By the way, that that show you just Elton mentioned and... is is very similar to the same way. It's that they didn't have a really good three musketeers until that one. Right. Right. And, and not saying that's um, a good one. It's just there was nothing as good. Until that ex- point. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, so the parallel story for me probably of of you watching this movie and having the like good hopeful love story feels mm-hmm. uh was braveheart oh yeah um, sure and Bra- i agree with that and too Same braveheart thing. is another movie that that now as in the intervening years and and what even past you know mel gibson getting sort of canceled and going crazy and and yeah. all that kind of stuff i'm like uh that movie was not that good. I mean, Bra- Braveheart, yeah, Braveheart, you mean? At, yeah, Braveheart. At the time, like, 
years go by and like our filmmaking gets better and our storytelling gets better and acting gets better and whatever, all those things. Yeah. Um, I've not seen that in many years. I, I do remember watching it often and a lot. I mean, I, I, not often, so yeah, the same things, yeah. but I mean, often. And, and I, same, and I like, like it, I saw it several time times. Time I, I watched the whole thing with, with Mel Gibson commentary talking about directing and playing the lead character in a mm. movie it's another one that's very long probably longer than it needs to be it's very long it was on two vhs um, tapes just so you know right right it was a double it was a, it was a double. double pack um this this movie is fine i don't know that um i could point a finger at a better you know specifically better robin hood movie mm. um I have not seen most of the new ones. Uh, there are like two movies and there was also a TV show. I've heard the TV show was terrible, which mm. does not surprise me. Right. Um, I am always a big fan of the original uh, Disney animated movie. Oh, yeah. It's pr- sure. There's probably something about it that's problematic, but not necessarily any more problematic than this whole weird plot about Marion and... Uh, and all of that stuff. It's it's different from it has differences from the yeah. the story here in this movie. Um it was interesting having heard because I haven't seen this in years, but I've heard it talked about on a handful of podcasts and, and everybody talks about Alan Rickman. Um yeah. I have not seen I'm well, I mean, I've seen this before, but I'm obviously not used to seeing younger alan rickman and he's like 40 when this movie was made um but i'm expecting snape or even uh you know guy from galaxy quest which is you know he's got Mm -hmm. makeup and stuff on so that's different too but he looks like he looks like evil uh uh commander Riker in this movie right with his with his beard that like 90s beard Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or you know late late 80s beard that he's that he's sporting and He's what I heard people say is they're like Alan Rickman is the only person who knows what kind of movie he's in, and and everybody else is taking it way too seriously, except Kevin Costner with his accent or lack of accent. Sure, like uh, you know Morgan Freeman is playing this like it's almost a cartoonish caricature of the like noble savage uh um you know arabian mm-hmm. like muslim and um you know and and marion is this you know this this altruistic she's caring for the people and this and this but once she falls for robin like she's gonna take all these chances and you know there's all of this uh um what's the word like angst between um uh, coming from christian slater and the whole reveal of his character i know we didn't hit the spoiler belt for this this is an old movie and it's robin hood you probably (laughs) know how it goes um it's fairly well known legend yeah uh, story scarlet uh will scarlet and and all of that and then and then alan rickman is this like i had forgotten and maybe I would not have understood it at the time that I watched it, that he's like, he's basically just 
screwing girls nonstop, <laughs> right? There's the scene where he's like, somebody's pissed him off, and he's like, you, come to my room, 1030. You, 1045. Bring a friend. Right. I'm like, what the heck? Like, you know, just to make sure that everybody, know- if you couldn't tell by now from him, you know, entrapping and murdering Robin's father and all of his just evil sneers at the camera you're like we want to make sure you guys know this guy's bad okay like yeah, he, bad. he's a bad guy <laughs> yeah he, he and, i i, I like funny i liked him he, I, I don't I'm, I'm not a big fan of that phrase of the, he's the only one that knows it there because because i actually think that he was just playing the he was playing a character i, I think if you and i haven't seen any interviews but i would guess that if you interviewed him he's like that's what i wanted to present i don't think he was trying to say like i'm making a comedy or a goofy movie and i'm trying to be goofy I think he knew what he was making and he just wanted this character to be that. Cause I think all the characters are kind of caricatures, right? They're it's sure. Very, of course. It's very late early, it's early nineties acting. Like you said, Kevin Costner doesn't even really try to have an English accent, right? He just, he hmm. plays what he thinks is what Robin hood. He wants it to be right. And Marion is what they, th- or whatever the writers write it to be. Um, yeah. I mean, he's, he's playing, He's playing himself. Like I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I agree. With he that, was right. a, he was a big deal, and he made a lot of movies for a number of years, right? Like my parents loved uh, uh, Dances with Wolves, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I only saw Waterworld once, but like I see him in stuff, and I'm like, I even have on our on our list of movies, I have Field of Dreams, and there's he's just. You know, he's not an actor that people would say has a lot of range. Oh, no, no, And that's no, fine. No. Yeah. He, he's playing this, like, standard white guy yeah. uh, who is not is not too much of anything one way or another. So if you need a guy that's pretty, like, calm and even keeled and, you know, whatever, like, for quite a few years, this was a – he was a go-to guy. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I totally agree with that. Yeah, he's, he's nothing special there. He has a – few lines where he tries to be inspirational and they're fine but he's he's mm-hmm. just he's just like i like you described him like your normal average white guy fits fits in there yeah. right um but it's funny my 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 memories of this and what it did and things so movies in history obviously take baby steps forward on on some things right sure. um one is like, okay, let's make the sets on location out in the woods instead of in a Hollywood backlot, right? Uh, another mm-hmm. another thing is, let, let's not make Maid Marian this time. Let's not, it's not, let's do something never heard of before and make Maid Marian not just a damsel in distress. Let's let her like have some skills with the weapon, right? Sure. And then, and then halfway through the show, okay, back, she's back to like damsel in distress again. But like, right. it, it's all these. They, I remember this show having so many of these things that were like, okay, they're just they're doing something new here. This is new and 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 modern, right? For the time. Mm. Now I look back and it it looks like definitely old and dated, and and all. Those, oh yeah, those, it's right? like. Um, but then it was it's definitely like, felt modern. Yeah, it's kind of like how in Star Wars, um, Princess Leia is a little bit of a. I'm going to say feminist. I know that's a bad word to some people. But, like, she's a fiercely strong, independent female character, mm-hmm. right? For 73 or whatever that was. Right. Um, and, 
over time she becomes more like stands and looks pretty princess character right right but still at the time like to do that kind of character was was bold it was it was you know a step forward i guess or it was it was a change from the norm from the kind of like uh Gla- typical damsel in distress or yeah. or all the um all of the the star trek girls in in the original series that would right. just kiss kirk in one scene and then that was that was all right. they really had to do so so it's it's hard to look at some of these things now just like we did on our on our poster thing it's hard to look at some of these and say like man it's really dated and old and you can always point out the things that were like not cool or whatever uh but having lived through the time and watching this at the time it felt the opposite right it felt like you're, you're making you know breakthroughs here and stuff like that which is i know it's hard to see without that perspective um mm-hmm. and this this i'm not saying i'm not putting i'm definitely not putting this movie as anything and doing anything groundbreaking uh but it was it was enough that it was a, a i don't even know when it came out but it felt like a summer type movie like a movie that, w- that you'd watch with adventure and swashbuckling and and but realism and yeah and and you know the reasons why stuff because a lot of times again a lot of these movies i'll repeat a lot of these movies were you know robin hood is just a good guy because he's a good guy it, there's there's no mm-hmm. there's no like we don't need to know why james bond is a spy he just is a spy right we don't need right. to know why he wants to beat the bad guys he just does right and then as modern movies come on you start seeing like oh let's explore these things and that's what this is what this one did so anyway i i liked it i still liked it uh, it it i think it's holds up but it doesn't it doesn't like shine i guess you say it's nothing like mm. it's nothing that says i will definitely say if someone wants to say what, what robin hood movie you should watch i'd point to this one i definitely would point to this one still um because i don't know of any other one that's fun or as adventurous i i did watch the uh russell crowe one but it's kind of like mm-hmm. dark and sure dreary um so but besides that, yeah, I mean, it's just okay, you know. It, it was it I was wished, a fun to watch. I wished that we had had time to also watch Men in Tights because, but that's a wholly di- that's a whole different thing, though. That's that's a comedy, right? Like it's it is it is, and I don't a, a know if it's satire slapstick comedy, right? You know, it's like the Spaceballs thing. I don't know if it holds up if you haven't seen this, right? So it's a weird sort of thing to potentially recommend to people. It is. I don't was Men in Tights like totally all about. Prince of Thieves? No. So there are just a... But I think I think the story follows this story pretty closely. It's like oh, the same... It? He goes and his castle's gone, except instead of being burned, it's like they put wheels on it and rolled it away. Oh, that's okay. funny. Right. And the, the old... The only person left is this old guy who's blind, but he's uh-huh. like... Yeah. He's on the toilet looking at a, at a Playboy and it's in Braille. Oh, they're, they're um, definitely, I see, they're definitely playing off of it. Okay, cool. So yeah. it's like, they're, they're doing the same kinds of things. And I don't know if that holds up if you haven't, uh, if you haven't seen this. So it's a tricky, it's a tricky thing. I don't know. I mean, you're probably right. I don't, I can't really imagine this hypothetical scenario where somebody's like, which Robin Hood movie should I watch specifically? <laughs> um, well, no, I mean, they're definitely, cause cause I, of, I, I, I think that with King Arthur movies, like I've always liked King Arthur and sure, Robin Hood. Those were my, sure. those were my two childhood things that I liked. So I think I, would I think if I you know I I don't know if I would probably almost recommend the the Disney cartoon before this just because for me it's more um iconic 
Um, but if I, the, the, this one is probably a close second just because I don't know. I haven't seen the other ones, but it would be, you know, like all of my recommendations do, it would come with the caveats of like, hey, this was made in this time. So it's this kind of way you got to kind of, you know, uh, uh, anticipate, you know, or expect some of that, some of that, a little bit of nineties cheese and, uh, but otherwise, you know, it's fine. Yeah. This does, this does feel very nineties to me. Like there's things that like, I know it's, it was made late eighties, but it did. This definitely has what I think of as the 1990s uh, all around it. Um, okay. So what do we got for next week? What for, I said fur, by the way, we got four <laughs> next week. For next week, uh, we're going to watch another movie that our buddy Fox uh, dropped on me. It's called French Connection. La France uh, Connection. I don't, I don't know. I, said that. Um, I don't know anything about this movie again. So I, All I know, uh, all I, I have not watched either. All I know is that um, it is supposed to have the best car chase. When people talk about car chases, they always mention the French Connection, and I, although I've never seen a French Connection. iconic car chase at the time, I think it's fairly old, but not maybe not super old. So I watched I watched a show which I'm going to put on this list. By the way, I forgot to put on here. As a matter of fact, I'm going to do it right now, Dennis. While we're talking, I think that at some point we need to watch the show Ronan, the the movie. Uh, it's with um, Robert De Niro. De Niro? Yeah. Hmm. It's it's really I mean I remember it I've only watched it once but I remember it being really good and it was one of those like I watched it I got the story I know the story does he, I don't need to watch it play, again is he a masterless samurai or is his name Ronan he's not a samurai but the masterless <laughs> samurai is kind of a thing type okay. in the story like okay. it's been a while. I'm glad to watch it again because, like I said, I only watched it once. But I remember, sure. like, not understanding the. I knew what Ronan meant, but not understanding how the name applied to the show. And then at a certain point in the movie, you're like, "Oh, that's why it's called Ronan." Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, it's anyway. That has a really excellent car chase in it, which I'm not a real car chase guy. I didn't really think about that. But when I'm watching, I watched that one. I was like, "Man, this is really like good. This is really good." And then. I watched the like the making of or the behind the scenes of the Ronan movie, and all the, throughout that thing they kept talking about the French Connection. Like, well, in the French Connection they did this, and we really liked this in the French Connection. And when they did the chase in the French Connection, I was like, okay, clearly that's like the gold standard for these the things. Thing, thing, interesting. Now yeah. this isn't going to be like the car chases in Cannonball Run, is it? I have no idea. I have no idea. The, the last, the last car movie uh, that, <laughs> that, that, that we watched, that we right? Watched. Uh, yeah, I'm 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 looking forward to this just because now I get to see that what what that's all yeah. all about. Yeah. And hopefully, it's got a good movie wrapped around it as well. So yeah, yeah, it's you know I've heard it name dropped in variety of contexts that I can't uh, I can't think of now. But <laughs> yeah, well we'll all see. Right. Cool. All right, all right man. Let's uh, we're running long here. So you've been listening to Front Porch. This is episode 216, 216. Thanks as always to our friends at Geek Scholars Movie News and LRM Online. If you want to reach out to us with your crazy suggestions for weird old car movies or whatever, anything you think we should watch and discuss, you could do that via email. The address is frontporchpod at gmail.com or head over to our website. Once again, that is frontporchpodcast.com. There are contact forms there and comment boxes on every episode. Uh, Check that out. 
If you enjoy The Front Porch, please consider subscribing on Spotify, Overcast, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. While you're there, if you leave us a review, we always appreciate that. As always, thanks so much for joining us. Until next time, I'm Dennis. And I'm Michael. Go Front Porch. Night, everybody. See you next time.